At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on Riftwake and the backup Nathan. And today's topic is sentient magic items. Mitch, what is a sentient magic item? I'm going to guess some that talks to you. Either vocally or mentally or... That is an option, but sentience doesn't automatically come with the ability of speech, which is actually something to consider a little bit later on. Because technically... Communication in general, I guess it doesn't need to be speech. But I mean, all sentient beings would have some method of communication, right? So... This is where we go into semantics a little bit, because there is the difference between sentience and sapience. So technically, sentience is the lower category of the two. It's simply the capacity to be aware of feelings and sensations. So, for example, dogs are sentient, but not sapient. Are they, though? Seems some pretty stupid dogs. <laughs> Nerdles Again. have our viewers. <laughs> uh, so technically, though, sentient is a lower bar. So that is actually something that I appreciate from the Dungeon Master perspective in that I can choose to make sentient magic items as aware and capable as I want them to be. So the fun thing is, most people, when they think about sentient magic items, they assume like the classic, you know, talking sword kind of thing. But it doesn't have to be that. You can have a sentient magic item that is sentient, but not necessarily sapient. So you can I'm not gonna have lie, talking sword was exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> it's what everyone thinks of first. But that's the fun, though, is that it can be that, but it doesn't have to be that. Because again, 
you can make uh, let's just stick with the magic sword example because it is such a classic like imagine if you have a sword that has like a dog's personality and then you just have a sword that is just like pushing like desire to chase when it sees a carriage walk by <laughs> or if there's any like feline type creature even if it's like a saber-toothed tiger <laughs> like if you, you pull just it out had... of the sheath for a sword fight it's so excited to see you it just starts wagging <laughs> then he gets stabbed in yeah. the throat <laughs> jeez you had to go there i didn't have to you don't you, you definitely don't <laughs> like maybe you just have like a tassel like at the bottom of the sword and that's the bit that wags instead of the actual blade getting out of the way of the enemy weapon nah i like my idea more <sighs> well all right so if you start hey, a campaign it that could is... be a cursed item you don't know that is true. That is 100% true. And you know what? That's actually a good place to start. So sentient magic items exist, but why are they sentient? So there's actually a couple of different descriptions just in the Dungeon Master's guide for 5th edition about it. So they have... Let's see here. Such an item might be possessed, haunted by the spirit of a previous owner or self-aware thanks to the magic used to create it. So that's actually pretty neat because that does open up a lot of interpretation, a lot of options in how it might be that way and how it might act or be used. And anything that does, by rules as written, give additional options is something that I appreciate. So as you said, cursed is an option. And they even did spell out with that first one that it might be possessed. So let's, you know, actually just talk examples to, for a lot of these. So what might be a situation that might create a cursed sentient magic item? Pissing off the wrong wizard. <laughs> oh, man. So they just use something like a variation of the magic jar spell to just put their enemy's soul into an item. It's the easiest. Well, I mean, I don't I mean, know easy, but simplest. Yeah. The simplest solution is the best solution. Uh, the best way to get rid of an enemy is to lock their soul away to remove them from the cycle of reincarnation or resurrection. And then use that cursed weapon to get rid of your next enemy. <laughs> it's a win-win. Hey, I found this cool sword in this chest. Oh, God, it's stabbing me. So that actually is an important aspect to talk about for sentient magic items. How aware are they and how much power does the sentience have over the item? So this is something that is actually pretty explicit by rules as written to a level that I'm actually not as fond of for once. Because for sentient items especially, there this is another aspect where I think there actually should be more hand wavium, like more just DM interpretation in exactly what an item is able to do. So there are flying swords and animated swords that exist just as monsters, but for some reason, most sentient magic items are pretty explicitly not able to move on their own, and they just have just some minor amount of senses of their own, but usually not locomotion and that's a bit of a miss in my opinion i think that that's something that would be cool if they did have that kind of ability 
But anyway, that's skipping ahead a bit. So first things first, the rules is written. So they are explicitly described as NPCs under the DM's control. And any activated property of the item is under the item's control, not its wielder. So that's actually something that I also find to be pretty neat. So if you had, let's say, a sentient, you know, wand of fireball, that would technically mean that it is 100% under the item's control to trigger when it launches a fireball. And that's something that could be great or terrible, depending on your relationship with the item in question. That's a horrifying prospect. (laughs) But again, if you did want to make use of cursed items as sentient magic items well that is a thing that would make some sense though like and that would also be jealous oh Oh, you got a new wand i see how it is fireball (laughs) god damn it but yeah like that is just something that's interesting to think about though because something that is also pretty fucked up you do have the ability to determine the ability scores of the magic item. So just on the mechanic side now, and it is explicitly spelled out in the DMG here that you're to actually either choose the ability scores for its intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, or you can determine them randomly by doing the typical roll 46 and drop one. And that also is kind of funny to me, because that means, though, that you could have the choice of making like a particularly stupid magic item if you do want to have that kind of, you know, dog personality, or you can have like some type of genius, you know, enemy wizard whose soul is just trapped in the item. So the fact that you do have the ability to either roll or just decide on the ability scores is a detail that I appreciate. So now we come to one that just has me give an evil DM smile. Communication. So there is actually a chart that you can just pick from or roll on to decide how much the item is able to communicate. So the best version, it can speak, read, and understand one or more languages. In addition, it can communicate telepathically with any character that carries or wields it. And then step down from that, it can speak, read, and understand one or more languages, but no telepathy. And then the bottom version, it communicates by transmitting emotion to the creature carrying or wielded. So it has no ability to speak and only can convey emotion? That sounds terrifying to me. Like, I really don't care for that. And what's kind of weird is that the emotion transmittance is 1 through 60 on the D100 chart. So 6 out of 10 magic items, are sentient magic items, are not supposed to be able to speak at all? I think that that's bullshit, and that chart is not aligned very well. On the other hand, could you imagine how fucked that would be for like the soul punishment angle of things if you do trap your enemy's soul but don't give them the ability to speak. That could be a very interesting lore behind an item in a very fucked up kind of way. So is there like a PETA type group for these things in in somebody's (laughs) world, do you think? You know what? That's an excellent question that I've never thought about. 
but maybe it very well could be. Yeah, like you got somebody sold like a pacifist. You put them in a sword, but they can't talk. So they just have to sit there knowing they're stabbing somebody over and over. Oh, man, that's fucked up. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. <laughs> but I mean, you're not wrong. And like, that is going to be that could very well be a thing. But actually, just another thing, just on the topic of how things could potentially get fucked up. Let's just talk about senses for a moment. So again, there are variables into how much or how aware the item is able to be of things around it. So the best version is hearing and dark vision out to 120 feet. Then hearing and normal vision out to 120 feet, hearing and normal vision out to 60 feet, and hearing and normal vision out to 30 feet. Do you notice anything odd about that chart? Lack of touch. That too, but also all four options are some version of hearing and vision. And not an either that's or. That's strange. Yeah, there's no or option or neither option. Like, how terrifying would it be to have full sentience, but no hearing or vision and only a sense of touch? Like, could you imagine? I'm thinking of like an eyeball in the middle of a sword. Yeah, that would actually be pretty awesome. So you just have the vision, just vision, but no so ability. That's to how the sword of omens works. <laughs> in, or the other way, like maybe having a sword that is only able to hear and has just been in a tomb for three hundred years where there's nothing to hear. So you just that have a mind that has shattered. Weapon. Yes. And that is another reason that I could definitely see a PETA type group existing, like trying to destroy all sentient items just to put them out of their misery. Because that would be a hellish existence if you really think about an actual soul in an item. Alone, unable to talk or feel or touch. Yeah, but senses is is honestly the thing more than anything else, I think that should be changed from rules as written to have significantly more options involved as to exactly what it's able to sense. Like also one thing that just kind of irks me, the best version is hearing and dark vision out to 120 feet. Like technically speaking, that means that this is because it's magic. It literally just can't see past 120 feet. It just doesn't have any form of human sensing at all so even if something is really loud from farther away or just they just can't see or hear anything past 120 feet that's just arbitrary and kind of dumb in my opinion so both the high and low ends of this are insufficient in my eyes i don't know now i'm picturing a shield that just says harder daddy every time you hit it (laughs) oh my god i'm stealing that that's amazing a masochistic shield that's amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you, Mitch. You're welcome. <laughs> I can't believe I never thought of that. That is right up my alley, humor wise. Oh, it's brilliant. Need any other messed up ideas? Just ask. I mean, you could also go for the, you know, kind of horny sword option. 
Like, oh, he has thrust me into them. <laughs> I want to feel, I want to feel that being penetrated by my glorious shaft. <laughs> or just like a super powerful weapon, but it's got a grudge list and it'll only help you if you're willing to help them, like, get revenge. Maybe. And, like, that's the kind of thing, too. Like, maybe you have, like, a paladin who was, I don't know, killed by a dragon. And then just their soul just somehow ended up in, you know, their armor, let's say. And then just while you're wearing the armor, they just push you to just kill any, like, dragonoid type creature. So, like, dragons, dragonborn, you know, fucking kobolds. Just anything that looks vaguely reptilian, they just hate and want you to kill. Or a warhammer that'll only attack, like, one particular, uh, what's, what's the fucking... You know, like chaotic neutral and shit. What's that called again? Alignment. One particular, like it'll only attack one particular alignment. It's like, yeah, you got like a plus five to chaotic evil, but uh, a a minus four to everything else. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Honestly, that could actually be a kind of neat story as long as you don't drag it out too long. Like maybe you do just have like a person whose you know soul went into some item, but they like won't actually let you use the magic items power until you killed the person who killed them so then you just spend like a session or two to just like hunt down that person to just unlock basically like the friendship of the item for them to be willing to help you like by using its powers that could be kind of neat speaking of alignment though there is actually another chart here for you to actually pick uh or roll for the alignment of a magic item I'll be honest, I don't like alignment. I don't care. I do think it's an, a decent idea, though, to just have an idea of, like, okay, like to have some idea of just is it going to be a little more on the good or evil side or does it have some irrational hatred towards something? That can be valuable to consider. But just I'm just really not a big fan of the whole alignment system and how... Yeah, hard this, I, that is used a lot most everything's on some sort of shade of gray you know yeah and like most people might have like they're good about this thing but they're not so good about this thing and they just hate the rules about this thing so they're just chaotic when it comes to that like like people are varied so have like some idea of like what kind of alignment you want and you want any item to have but just, I just hate just exactly how just heavy set that whole system often is. So next up, this is another one that I actually do quite like, characteristics. So because of the fact that they are treated as an NPC, you can choose to give them mannerisms, personality traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws. That is a fun idea to me, because again, if you're treating this as like more of a person, as an NPC, then yeah, that makes sense for it to have just those traits that do help shape the personality of the magic item. So you can always make the choice, like, is this, like, if this is a soul, then you have some idea potentially of like the person whose soul is in the item. But this is actually also a good time to backtrack a bit to remind you 
One of the other things besides just the soul of someone being in a magic item is the fact that it can be self-aware thanks to the magic used to create it. And this is something that I find to be fascinating, just in general in D&D, that there are ways to create self-aware magical items, magical creatures. Like This is something I talked a little bit back when we did our Warforged episode a while ago. But just does a self-aware magic, like, is that a soul? Can that become a soul? Like, there is no solid answer to that, really. And that's something that, again, you as a dungeon master are able to determine the rules of for your world. Like, or you could also just make the choice to have it be vague and unknown. Because you can absolutely have that choice that... Yeah, there is a self-aware item. It does have a full personality, memory. Like, it can, like, pass the Turing test. But does that mean that it is just sapient? Or does that mean it does have a soul of its own? Like, that's one of the fun things for created magic items that is honestly one of my favorite parts of sentient magic items, even more than just the soul aspect of things i like the create the the questions that can arise just by their very existence at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So does the person wielding this item care if they are an actual soul or sapient, or do they just care this is an item to use and I'm just going to sell it as soon as I have something better? Like, how do people treat sentient magic items? And again, to go back to what you've been saying, that could very well be a cause for there to be some form of uh, magic item PETA. Yes, my dagger of puppy slaying. It has the soul of a child in it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Actually, that's a question. So another one, that just... Ooh, sorry, now I just have a dark thought thanks to that. If you have, like, some magic-y person that just has that knowledge of 
you know, how to put a soul into a magic item. And there is just a dying child. And let's just say that, you know, there's not any kind of resurrection option for this, for reasons for the child. Like, would it be a good thing to do to put the child's soul into some form of item to let them continue to live in some form? But do they mentally age? That is a question that an individual dungeon master can decide. Like, because it is a soul, is a soul able to continue to evolve and grow over years? Or is it just a snapshot of the person shaped by the body that doesn't grow and evolve once they no longer have that mortal shell? That is a question to be asked. Like, there isn't anything rules has written on such things, I don't think. So that is a thing to consider. And like, but also, like, let's just say that an adventuring party does come across such a thing. Like, what would be the reaction to coming across a child sold magic item of some sort? Like, how would a party react to the existence of such a thing? Kill it with fire. Oh, maybe. Like, yeah, like that alone. Like, actually, like we've been joking about the magic pita thing. That could actually be a pretty interesting campaign idea now that I'm thinking about it. That you're playing a party that is part of, like, you know, the guild for the destruction of sentient magic items. And that, that you're actually playing a party whose like mission or goal is to just destroy any sentient magic items that they can get their hands on. And I don't know, that's, that can be kind of interesting too. just kind of have a campaign that does just play with all of these questions and explore just all of the different angles that this kind of thing can take. However, there is just a little sentence that is also under the characteristics here that is another that just makes me have my evil DM smile. You can also draw on the special features section earlier in this chapter. Are you familiar with minor properties? Nope. So this is another thing that we actually did an R&R about a little while ago, but it is something in the Dungeon Master's Guide. There is a D20 chart under the creation of magic items that is special properties that a magic item might have. And it's just something to make items a little more interesting than just, yes, it's a plus one sword, you know, it's worth this much, yada, yada, yada. And it just has some kind of fun little things for the most part that just can be just to make magic items more interesting. So, like, one that I like, you know, Gleaming, the magic item never gets dirty. Uh, uh, another one that I just think is kind of neat, Harmonious, attuning to the item just only takes a minute instead of an hour. So, like, I've had the thought, like, imagine if you have guards that, you know, they come into work and then they just have Harmonious magic items. So you just have guards that just are able to just take a couple of minutes to just attune to some magic items for their shift. Like that's just kind of neat from the world building side. But 
when it comes to these sentient magic items, there's one that just catches my attention a lot. And to be fair, is probably the most overused one in my games for good reason. Unbreakable. The item can't be broken. Special means must be used to destroy it. <laughs> I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this. Yep. A dagger used exclusively to kill puppies with the soul of a child that is unbreakable. I mean, anything really. Any time that you have, like, some nefarious individual that traps people's souls into items and then just also has them be unbreakable. So it does say that they can be destroyed through special means, but then that's the kind of thing that, like... I don't know, you must venture to the Forge of Moradin to be able to break the item upon it. Oh, that, like, that brings up another question. You, you know, you got your sword that's possessed by your, you know, hippie. If that sword breaks in half, is it dead? Or is it just an excruciating agony? Well, that's a very good question as well. If you get the blade repaired, does it feel it being thrown in the fire and hammered on? So actually, just a more general question than that, even can they feel pain? Like, oh, yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> but it is something to consider, like by the rules as written here, they don't seem to have any sense of touch, just hearing and vision, which, again, I like I said, not a big fan of. But like, imagine, like, what would it feel like if you're just in a sword fight and you just swing the sword at someone in full plate and you just have that just like massive shock that like goes through the blade into your hands like that has got to fucking hurt if you're a sentient item like if you're just getting bashed against full plate trying to find the weakness well i, I could see advantages to giving it touch too like you know you give your rogue some special gloves that can like feel out like hidden switches or whatever that you wouldn't even notice maybe and that's actually a good uh, another transition point now we keep going on and on and on about the sentient sword it does not have to be a sword technically speaking most magic item most sentient magic items are weapons they do not have to be weapons if you want to make sentient gloves if you want to make sentient armor just all kinds of stuff like hey i came up with the sentient dagger of puppy killing you did but that's still a weapon we're we're speaking that there can be non-weapons it's not a sword it's it's a weapon it's still a blade only usable on puppies only usable on puppies well yeah it's a child soul and it's a torture not a so what, is this just like a Damien-type kid who's just only willing to kill puppies but not people? Well, no, it's like, you know, Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace finally had enough. And this is his torture of Dennis. Would Dennis even care about killing puppies? Like he's Every called the Menace for that. a reason. Well, he's only a menace to Mr. Wilson. That's not true. But again, the fact that the magic item has control over its abilities... That is something that I wish had more focus here. So something to consider. Imagine if you had a sentient bag of holding. That is something that could be a pain in the ass or really funny. Because again, if you interpret that as like it having control over like 
you know, the storage and ejection of the things that are put in it. Like, imagine if you do have a bag of holding that just, you know, when it's angry, you just dumps out your stuff or just like throws just a random rock that somehow got put in it just at you. Like just giving it just the ability to access that internal space. Like a sentient bag of holding is something that I really wish I saw more of. And just because I think that that's one that could be particularly fun. And also, like, Bag of Holding is a magic item that I've also talked about a lot in the past. About how, like, any sane artificer or magic item crafter should make magic... Or should make Bags of Holding unbreakable. Because Bags of Holdings that get ripped just fuck up everything. Like, that is just a bad time. So having an unbreakable bag of holding with a soul would make sense to me. And that's something that I think could be just a lot of fun. But the point being, like, there, it doesn't just have to be weapons. So, Mitch, you tell me now. What is something that you think would just make an entertaining item to have sentience? You mean besides the uh, masochistic shield? Yes, that was a great first example, but just like, like let's just say non-combat related items that would just be different. The problem is my immediate thought is torturing souls, but... <laughs> okay. Uh, huh. Oh, God damn it! You gave me an idea, but we'll let you go first. Honestly, outside of combat, I got nothing. Ah... <sighs> So well, maybe like a broom or something. I mean, yeah, <laughs> basically yeah. Beauty and the Beast, really. <laughs> Dancing Actually, China. that would be a thing. Yeah, be our guest, be our guest, be our guest. So my torture soul option that just makes me unhappy, but it's worth mentioning. Imagine if you did make a sentient butt plug of prestidigitation, and just gave it a sense of touch and taste. Well, I was kind of thinking about the anal beads of ecstatic pleasure there. Yeah, but again, that's technically a weapon first. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely not a weapon first. <laughs> but you get the idea, though. Just having there no sight and sound, but only touch and taste would be pretty miserable in that situation. No, leave sight. It's not like there'd be anything to see. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Unless you also how, just enchanted it with a little well bit of light. Up. Yeah. Uh, that would be kind of funny. Well, just still like, got the view going in. No, no, just my brain just went like, they have that in, and then they could just make the joke. Why, yes, sunshine does shine out of my ass. <sighs> I don't know. The point being... Yes, you know, weapons are going to be the go-to, but they're not something that is actually a restriction by rules as written. It's not something that you have to necessarily do that way. And there are just more ways that you can choose to play with how you treat sentient magic items in the world. So another thing that they describe here is that you can give a purpose to your sentient magic items. So you were talking actually about alignment that actually is the first one here that the item seeks to defeat or destroy those of a diametrically opposed alignment 
So that's something that could be kind of neat that you just have, you know, an item that just, you know, is pushing to just kill anything evil or, you know, the the other version just pushing to kill anyone good. But like there's there's no limit on exactly how you can choose to do it. But the fact that the magic item does have control over the abilities, like that is something that could be so much fun. Like I obviously, you know, the Wander Fireballs was the obvious example to me. But having there be sentient weapons, sentient armor, like maybe you just have a sentient cloak that you're just able to use because it has, you know, the good vision and hearing as well, that you just have your cloak able to keep watch for you. Like that's something that just be a kind of neat thing to exist and be able to do. Imagine if your cloak of elven kind had the soul of elven. I mean, that makes sense. Like maybe that's where the name comes from. It's just something that's not talked about in polite circles. Yeah, don't wear that by an elf. Or it's just get yeah. Well, again though, that's where Hey, was you know, that something... cloak my brother Larry? <laughs> Larry the elf. We do need to do the episode on names at some point. But anyway, moving along, though. This is another section that I actually quite like here as well, which is describing conflict. So because of the fact that it is a sentient item, it can have things that it wants. So it might want things that, you know, the player may not, or just that it becomes some form of some type of negotiation between them. So some of the examples that it lists is that the item insists on being carried or worn at all times. Like that actually makes a lot of sense because again, if the item is, you know, not able to see anything, if it's in your pocket, then that would make sense that you want to have it out. But at the same time, like, Imagine if you did put the, you know, an actual eye on the blade of a sword and it can only see if that eye is exposed and it's trying to convince the wielder. No, 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 you must keep me drawn at all times in your hand so that I can see. Like that that could create some kind of interesting conflict because most places don't like if people walk around with a sword drawn. So having that kind of conflict might make for interesting story but i do feel it is worth mentioning that it might also just kind of bog down the interactions with the creature with the item like just to complicate things too much so this is one of the bigger flaws just of the existence of sentient magic items which is the fact that for all intents and purposes it's it is another NPC that is kind of traveling with the party, for lack of a better word. So if you have sentient magic items relatively commonly in your world, or just like have like even just two of them in the same party, like that is another two characters that you might feel obligated to try to make, you know, some amount of screen time for that might take away from your PCs, which is not ideal. So it is worth thinking about how common you want sentient magic items to be and just how active you want them to be. 
like can maybe you want to make the choice that a sentient magic item gets tired very easily so it might be able to you know give a few words of advice here and there help out in you know a combat scenario and maybe it goes dormant after that because again there aren't really written rules that do discuss the limitations of the sentience so that is within a dm's ability to make those choices so I'm or it can only communicate in certain certain circumstance you know like you were saying you know the, the cloak that's on guard for you it can tell you oh look out behind you but it can't just spark up a conversation maybe yeah like maybe you like there is just like a magically created guard cloak and like that's what the thing's called so you might like give it the stats like of a cloak of protection but like maybe it isn't a sentient magic item without full sapience so maybe this is one of the ones that it can only just give you like an impression of danger but isn't actually an item capable of using you know words or actions and it really wants to ask about your day but it can't and that hurts it <laughs> maybe <laughs> because i'm convinced no soul trapped in a weapon is ever going to be happy or uh, trapped in anything but again this is where it comes into play also it doesn't have to be a soul it could just be a magically created intelligence of some sort a anything with sapience but it's not again it's sentience. sentient not what sapient if it's aware of itself it's going to be a miserable existence if it can't control <laughs> its own actions maybe but again, this is where magic magic Peter can come back into effect. Like, do they make like some arbitrary rule that like a city's law might disagree with, and could that just be a source of conflict between like you know the guild of Peta versus you know the city itself? Like, is this something that just can be just something that the players have to weigh in on? Like, maybe there is just like some massive dispute between like Magic Pita and a city government because like they just beat up some noble, stole his cloak and just lit it on fire. And like, you know, from their perspective, they were doing the right thing. From the legal perspective, they just beat up a noble. So like then having the players, you know, your PCs weigh in on like as like a neutral third party in that could be kind of fun. Like there's a few ways that you could potentially do that and just raise some questions about your world just in the minds of your player characters because a dnd world is generally a pretty big complicated place so the sheer existence of sentient magic items and their place in the world is something that can add value to your dungeons and dragons game thanks for listening to this episode of riffs and rules please leave us a review and give us five stars on itunes also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at riftwakepodcast, on Facebook as riftwake, on Reddit on the subreddit r slash riftwakepodcast, and you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs, A-N-D, rules at gmail.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.